Welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast run by us and listened to by you. My name's Stuart, I am running the game tonight, and I'm I'm just on the beach, just playing some beach volleyball, just setting, setting some balls, ready to be spiked by the indomitable arm, the right arm of Alistair Hill. As I set uh, myself up, can you set yourself up in volleyball or do you set someone else up? You can if you're, can if you're as good as you oh, are. Oh, well, I set myself up with one arm and spike it down onto the other, winning a point. I don't play volleyball. As I play the role... <laughs> you weren't playing against anyone, Ali. <laughs> <Kenny laughs> yes, score! <laughs> I win! I play the role of Kenny <laughs> Mullet, who would also probably not know the rules of volleyball. Um, I don't know how much Kenny will be playing today, but um, if I do, you will witness a charming, sympathetic, yet haunted young man on a quest to find out more about his weird, pokey powers. On Kenny's team, he's got a Dartrix called Bowtie, a Gyarados called Moustache, a Salandit called Hoops, a Spiritomb called Swirly, a Honchkrow called Fedora, a Joltik called Fleek, and a Komoo called King Thrush. As I wheel off in celebration towards... Uh, whether I've got a, won a point of volleyball or not, as I celebrate with David Leavesley. In a reference to the only volleyball characters I know, here I am looking like the girls from Dead or Alive Extreme. But if any of them had realistic or masculine body types, it's me, but in a very tight Victoria's Secret version of me, rocking around, having a gay old time, emphasis on the gay. And if that wasn't a horrifying enough vision for any of you, or a body positive affirmation enough for any of you, I am also playing the non-binary and sardonic member of the church, Theo, who has on their potentially unfeatured team, we've got Medicham, we've got Swadloon, we've got Kabuto, we've got Togekiss, we've got a combi called Jason and a Barbarical, and that is Theo's team. Let's turn it over to Tom Dale. And you turn and you see the spot on the volleyball court where Tom should be, but he's not there. And you look over into the distance as the sun sets at the edge of the beach, and you see Tom Dale on his knees playing solitaire, looking over at his happy friends and worried about the game that he may have just broken. And the pressure mounts as he looks at the cards and sees Brandy, ex-cheerleader of the Pokemon champion, and on a quest to turn her dad back into a human being from a Celio, but is now unsure what the cost that might be to the whole podcast that you're listening to. On the other cards around her, she has Wimpy the Lopany. She has Gary the Skaroopy. She has Snorleone the Munchlax. She has Dr. Bunnelby, PhD. She has Lightning McQueen the Carcoal and Flower the Meltan. And Tom picks up the cards and says, what's going to happen? And then throws the cards into the sea. And Stuart says, what did happen? Previously on Critical Ditto. I'll do it like normal British accent. Okay. Previously on Critical Ditto. Cool. Good night, boys. Theo, Brandy, Hannah and Tallahassee Bingeworth watch on, their faces illuminated by the portal centre stage at the front of the room. I'm poker power. What? Bounty, you need some poker power assistance. You stabilise the portal. Kenny's actually doing a good job. From Brandy's perspective, it doesn't look like it's going well. Don't get too close. She touches Kenny and then is shocked back into the portal. It looks like we're about to step into another universe. And Theo just jumps in. With Kenny. You are sucked beneath the surface of this portal. You are alone. Theo, who do you see and, and why does it shock you? 
Theo sees Hillary. We are in a between space. There are two ways you could go. The title of one book is Sacrifice and the other is Suffering. The book of suffering. You will suffer through the mistakes that you've made in your current life. And you will continue in pursuit of goal. The third tome. However, you can choose the path of sacrifice. You could sacrifice the current timeline, Theo, and you can go back to one point in your life where you regret everything and change that. There is no one moment in my life that will change the flow of my life. Hillary pushes the suffering book towards you, and Theo opens the book. Kenny, you see one person. I think it's Barry Bolcut, but it's the Barry Bolcut of Kenny's memory. Barry holds out these two plushies. This is the path of suffering. This is the path of sacrifice. This is not a hard decision at all. Kenny grabs the two cannon plushie. Brandy, who is the one person that you see? Heron. The two boys are bobbing 30 meters from shore. You know that the boy of sacrifice would take you back to the night that your father was turned into a Celia. You already know what I'm gonna choose, don't you? She swims. And touches the boy of sacrifice? The boy of sacrifice. Brandy commits to changing everything. I'm excited tonight. I didn't want to prepare anything at all, really, for tonight. No vignette, no nothing, because thematically, we feel like Brandy has taken us somewhere, and all of us have been thrown by that. Whether you, the listener, has been thrown by that, I don't know. But we, at the end of the last session, were like... I mean, I loved it, because why else would I present these choices, these sacrifice-suffering tomes, if not to tempt the characters into taking one? And Brandy took the bait, and I love that, because we now get to find out what that means. What does it mean that Brandy chose to reject the path of suffering that Theo and Kenny had already accepted in the pursuit of the third tome, and take instead the path of sacrifice, where she was sacrificing the life she had led, the life she had experienced, in the hope of finding something greater? So last we left Brandy, she had slammed her hand down on the orange boy of Surfloat Bay in this nether space, and we'd faded to black. So I think we fade up on a fairground. A fairground 20 years in the past. I think the fair is just outside of Surfloat Town, maybe between Surfloat, Comover, and Big Town, a nice little try that you sort of get, if you put yourself in the middle of the triangle, you get all three. So it's big a big town. booming. Do we have a town called Big Town? Uh, it, it's yeah, had do. one mention, Tom. It was uh, it was where Tallulah and Rodri first met at their Muck You concert. Oh, you're right. It was Sorry, in big town. I should have had that knowledge to have. Come on, Tom. Really? Let me really? read my notes. Yep, Big Town. There it is. Yep. It says a lot about the linguistic systems of this country, doesn't it? <laughs> David, you've convinced me. This isn't this isn't in Surflow Town or Comover. It used to be, but now it's in Big Town. Big Town has absorbed the State Fair, the Formian State Fair. So we're in Big Town, which uh, is where we find ourselves at this amazing fair. And the sights and sounds, it's early evening, dusk, the bluey dusk of night is just descending upon us. And the lights have illuminated all around the Ferris wheel is glowing green, red, white. The the Big Dipper is is dipping. What's Bigly? (laughs) 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 Yeah. The, uh, the cheroplanes are flying, there's lights, there's sounds, there's colours, the smell, the sickening scent of cotton candy, cottony candy, if you will, fills the air. That's a good point. Do you think, do you think cottony was miffed that Swirlix became a Pokemon? Why don't we ask them? Cottony, how do you feel about Swirlix? Cottony, cottony, it's taken on my business. <laughs> I used to have a thriving cotton candy stand. 
until Swirlix came in, cutting it, cutting it. Hold on, when Big Town, when Big Town invaded the State Fair, did they bring a Swirlix to take over the cotton candy stand? You know they did. You oh. know they did, well, Tom. Well, th- th- it was thank big you, scandal. Thank you, Cotney, for your input. Um, Swirlix had. A, uh, what is your repost? Swirlix, Swirlix, Swirlix. <laughs> Fascinating points. Thank you for joining me today at my TED talk. Ali, what is the name of this reporter who's reporting from the Formian State Fair 20 years ago? It's Alma's mum. That's the full name. Alma's mum. Alma's mum. Alma's mum. Alma's mum. Alma's mum. Alma's mum. I am reporter Alma's mum. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me about reporter Alma's mum, Ali. What does uh, what does she look like? Uh, she looks a bit like a reporter Alma looked, if I could remember how they looked. <laughs> a reporter Alma looked a bit like Cruella Deville. Okay, so this is like just a young Glenn Close. And what's her hat? Her hat is her most distinctive feature. So what is uh, what's special about her hat? It's a, it's a cottony, which makes it very threatening <laughs> to the cottony she just interviewed. <laughs> okay, she's got a cottony hat. So a sort of cloud-esque design, little leaves poking out yeah. to make the rim of the hat. Very cool, very cool. Okay, so reporter Almersman is reporting on the State Fair, a little bit of local news fest. She's young, she's hungry, she's reporting. David, what is the big get for the Formian State Fair this year? What is the big, big main attraction? The big get is that they have an incredibly famous freak show here at the fair. Like, usually they have a couple of locals who need a couple of per diem points, and one of them has a bit of stubble and they're the bearded lady, but this year they got the Cirque du Soleil of freak shows to come along. The Cirque, the Cirque du Soleil? That's it. That is it. I missed that. I missed it. Cirque du Soleil. Ab- Cirque, Cirque d'Ab. Cirque d'Absol Absol Oh my god, it's got so many layers to it! <laughs> Huge freak show. Okay, so that's what's happening. Hello, my name is reporter Ulmersman, working for Big Town, Big Town Local News. As you can probably tell from my years of service here, I'm desperate for a move. <laughs> desperate for bigger and better things than reporting on the State Fair once again. It's been... Six years in a row, and I'm I'm still here. Okay, serious, <laughs> serious Bill Murray and Groundhog Day vibes right Star, now. Star, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we are. Can't wait, can't wait to see if the Rock Rough sees its shadow. But new attraction this year. We have a big, big freak show full of <laughs> full of weird, weird and strange things. I haven't actually poked my head inside because I I'll be honest, I couldn't stand the smell from the outside. But I do have a patron here who has been inside. A uh, Mister. Uh, Mr. Flash, uh, Mr. Cassius Flash, you, uh, you are a young 20-year-old, I'm going to say. you 20, Cassius Flash? Is that your... Are you 20? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm about that, right? That, that is, yeah. Yeah, okay. What's it, what do you do? What do you do for work, Mr. Flash? Uh, game. I'm... Yeah, I, I, I kind of game. You game. game, yeah. you game. I, I'm really thinking... You're a gamer. I'm really feeling that, um... This uh, this thing called Twitch is gonna go big, but you know, I'm just yeah, just, I'm just yeah, getting their early doors just in case, and I'm just waiting and see if anyone could think of a pun for Twitch and Pokemon. Okay, well, no, no, it's interesting because we're sort of 20 years in the past, mm. so I'm sort of thinking, you big board gamer, Are you into a chess, well, ob- you chess, you chess man. What, what other games? What other games are there? Of course, absolutely, yeah. I'm also searching for a pun on chess, <laughs> and uh... do you mean chestnuts and crosses? Chestnuts and crosses, crosses is. <laughs> Thank you. And who's this? Who's next to you? Uh, Mr. Flash. Oh, this is uh, whiskey. Yes, yes, and 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 whiskey is uh, related to you. Is that you look quite similar? She's my sister. 
Mister, was that? That's <laughs> unsure. You don't sound unsure about that, Mister Flash. Cassius, why are you being so weird? Are you playing chess knots? And... Is he talking to you about chess knots and crosses? Look, oh. It's all about, yes, it's all about very deception. Big. Okay, it's all about deception. You think I'm going to go that's there? That's not what chess knots and crosses is about. It's a very simple game. Ah, it's that's where you're wrong. Like... That's where I have the visions. That's why I'm the gamer and you're not. Oh, can so, you, can you stop this? I mean, you're, you're going to put me into labour early at this rate if you keep talking about chess. Yes, clearly, uh, clearly, you are a pregnant woman. This is me, reporter Almsman again. Was it scary inside the freak show Whiskey Flash? Did you feel like? Yeah, you know, I as mean, a... it was pretty, pretty mad. There was a um, Pokemon in there, but what it did was when I looked at it, it suddenly turned into me. It was crazy. I've never seen a Pokemon like that before. And oh. then it, and then it turned into me husband, and then it turned in. A shell that said my name on it. It was crazy. Oh <laughs> gosh. <laughs> okay. It was really, was really I'm sorry, freaky. I'm just bringing back memories. It then turned into a chess knots and crosses board that then played against my brother Cassius and then beat my brother Cassius. It was Amazing. It was insane. That does sound very exciting. So that was that was me, reporter Almersman, reporting from the Formian State Fair, where apparently uh, there is a freak show that can beat you at Chestnuts and Crosses. More at six. Cassius, a young, 20-year-old, dark, long, black hair. He's not as dishevelled as he is at age 40-ish, whenever we knew him, so less stubble. Still a lovely, warm, loving attitude, as we can tell. And what's he What's he wearing? What's Cassius Flash wearing tonight, Ali, to this big, this big trip to the fair? He's wearing a ski jacket. Lovely. Big, puffy big, ski yeah. jacket. It's, it's a bit cold, yeah. it's a bit chilly on this night. Maybe it's not. <laughs> it's just Cassius Flash is just really, really hot. <laughs> Um, doesn't want to admit it. No, absolutely not. Just sweat, just sweating so hard. Uh, and whiskey, also, twenty years younger, yeah. looking remarkably like Brandy. I would imagine not pink hair. No, very much brown hair, long brown hair. Now this is potentially your wedding night. What are you wearing? It, it's a bit tough because she's also pregnant and heavily pregnant. Mm, heavily time. pregnant. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's been difficult for her to find the right thing for the right look so what she's what she's decided to do is she's decided to wear very much just white clothes rather than a wedding dress so it's basically all of her white casual materials with elastic waistband a white vest and a white ski jacket as well so she's basically (laughs) wanting to go all white but she's wearing um blue steel earrings for her something blue is her little oh nice cute Brady, you are going to give me back my ski jacket after, after you borrow it from me uh, whiskey you are going to give me back my my i don't know why it just got a, it's just weird i just thought of that name you're I know a real it. drunk cassius you're a real drunk you need to sober <laughs> up all right whiskey and cassius you realize that the the third member of your your party attending is not with you and he was before you went into the uh, the Cirque du Soleil whiskey your intended leo my Leo. Cassius, your soon-to-be brother-in-law, potentially. Leo, we know, is a man, attractive man, massive white moustache. Huge. Enormous. <laughs> I love that you David. put that after attractive man. <laughs> <laughs> 
beneath the mustache. David, what what was what what is what is what was what time are we even in? What whatever tense you feel, what's Leo wearing wherever he is? I'll be using the secondary subjunctive for my tense in this situation. Um, uh, what was the question? I was too busy prepping my hilarious response. <laughs> I just—I'm sorry—I couldn't hear myself over myself now, being clever. If that doesn't—if that doesn't sum up how we our brains work on this podcast, nothing does. I just know if I was in David's shoes, I would have been furiously googling tenses and stuff so I could impress my friends. What are you wearing, David? What am I wearing? I am wearing a sort of blue and red. Bar- Barber pole striped suit. It's very, it's a jolly holiday with Mary, summery, but make it romantic. So that is what Leo was wearing the last time you saw him. But as you, as you exit from the, uh, the Cirque du Soleil, he's not with you. How, do, how can we miss a man with a giant white moustache, Cassius? Where, where, where do you see him? We left him in the, oh no, he's not, he's not going to done something crazy in the, in the new freak show, has he? Cassius, come with me, come with me, and we're going to go and see if we can find Leo in the Cirque du Soleil. What I'm saying is people get jittery on the wedding night, and it's a circus, it's classic runaway at the circus, Brent Whiskey. I don't think it is a classic runaway at the circus, that's not how it, you run away to join a circus, but we're at the circus, Cassius. Ah, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> not how I remember circuses. You've got to do a speech, Cassius, I'm just going to tell you that now. We are expecting you to do a, a speech near the cotton candy machine at about 8pm. Are you going to be all right for that? <laughs> Give me your opening joke. What's your opening joke to your best man speech right now? <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Reporter Almasman, I'm back. I also would like to hear the punchline of this joke. <laughs> wait till you hear the joke. Gonna... I, I will. I will wait here. T- t- trust me when I say there is nothing else interesting at this fair. <laughs> I will wait all night. Leo, I found him. He's over there. Oh, there he is. Well, Tick will pick this up later. I want to hear that joke. <laughs> oh, it's so coming. whether it's whether whether it's an evasive tactic or not, Cassius and Whiskey head off away from the freak show towards David. Where are where are Whiskey and Cassius heading? What part of the fair has Cassius led them towards? I'm going to say the sort of the food truck court. Okay, but he's off for more booze by the sound of it. I like the idea that this this court was the only thing left of the original state fair before Big Town came in and like and like took 75% of everything. <laughs> so this is all that's left of the original uh, surf float and come over town fair. So it's a it's a sadder a sadder affair. There's an old woman serving ice cream with a quillfish, a very baby young quillfish. And that's that's that. That's all you need to know about that. As Whiskey and Cassius disappear off into the fair on the hunt for the missing Leo, Brandy, where do you find yourself materialising in the fair? Well, I think as we've mentioned it and spoken about it, I guess Brandy materialises. Did you I say you Brandy? Said, you said Brandy. Yeah, that's what. Yes. Oh, I thought you misspoke. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Where's where is Brandy ah. materialising? 
So Brandy from the past. Ali, I realise it was possibly confusing to have Tom play both his mother and himself. I I, I couldn't afford a therapy session this week, so this will help. (laughs) This will be really helpful for me. I think Brandy materialises in the Cirque du Soleil freak show tent. Inside. As we've mentioned it, I think that's where she ends up. Absolutely. Okay. And what is the first thing that Brandy sees as she comes into this plane of existence? I think she sees a man with a giant moustache, but not a white moustache, a... This is a Probopass person. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. I think it's big grey, grey black moustache, right? Soot dyed. She sees a kind of almost Brillo pad-esque black mustachioed man looking a lot like a probo pass um, who's looking very forlorn I think da- David would you like to take Brillo Pad Brillo Pad man forlorn forlorn Brillo Pad tall man short man David well uh, in comparison to the average probo pass uh, short okay yeah I sort of see him in a triangular cap as well okay can I put a triangular cap on your head, please, David? Stuart, I've never wanted anything more. There it is, placed on. Okay. All right, so Brandy, you come into your, this plane of existence. I don't think this this uh, this Brillo pad moustached man sees you immediately, but you see him. You're, you're ensconced in a small dark corner. Is it just you? As I, I think one Pokemon has materialised with you. Which one Pokemon is accompanying you. It's going to be the Pokemon I think everyone's everyone's expecting, everyone knows. Been with me pretty much since the beginning. Gary the Skaroopy. Knew you'd uh, say that. Absolutely appears. knew you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> you'd bet your house on wouldn't you guys? Put, uh, genuinely would have why, why is it? Why is it that that is more predictable than Tom choosing the path of sacrifice? <laughs> uh, no, it's not Gary the Skaroopy. Oh, it's not? It's oh, okay. I'm kind of sad. I was, re- I was ready. I was there. You know what? It's a crazy Buckwild episode. You know what? Yeah. For, for some odd reason, it's Gary. You didn't choose this. Brandy didn't choose this. Brandy the universe this. chose this. This is the way of yeah. sacrifice. It's not a good road. <laughs> so what, Brandy's, what Brandy's sacrifice is that she has to spend time with Scaroopy. <laughs> with Gary the Scaroopy. <laughs> I, I love the idea that, that Brandy turns. It's like, Wimpy, what are we at? Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. I think Scaro- Scaroopy's already started scuttling across the floor towards this Brillo pad dude. So oh, Sc- Scaroopy's oh, gone. Oh, mate, mate, watch out, watch out. Oh, oh my word. My word. <laughs> I'll say to you what I've said to many a person in my past. Mind where you're putting that pincer. I'm sorry, I didn't realise. Is that a, a moustache? I'll have you know it's the finest fashions from Kalos, thank you please. I mean, no, I'm, I'm impressed. It's just I've never seen that on anyone ever before. Sorry about my, um, my scroopy. Yes, well, my job is to look rather unique. That is why I am part of the Cirque du Absolet. But why do you have this small and very unintelligent creature with you? And who exactly are you? Well, I have the small unintelligent creature with me because I made a, I made one mistake in my past and, and that was the result. Didn't we all? <laughs> oh, Lubio City 30 years ago. Terrible time. <laughs> Can this guy be Brandy's oh. dad? Maybe he is. Maybe that's the twist. <laughs> oh, no, no. But David, why why is why is Brillo Pad moustache but we've got to name him what's the name of this guy uh cornelius cornelius why is why is cornelius so forlorn and why why is cornelius about to tell brandy that 
almost immediately upon meeting her. Uh, Cornelius is forlorn because... Oh, Tom's got his hand up and I would just be guessing. Go for it. Well, I was just thinking, I've, I've introduced Probopass Man because what we know from one of the previous things is that Probopass Man came second in the moustache-growing competition Oh, I see. Oh, that was a gimme, Tom. Oh, thank you. I Guys, you don't remember Big Tom, but you remember that. Well, I listened to, to, to Flip Behind the Curtain in prep for this episode because I was quite nervous about it. I listened to any past related section that we'd done. Uh, Great. Good. Good, good, good. Um, knowing that Leo had won a moustache growing competition against a very sad looking Provo Pass. This totally man. makes sense. So this guy is has been in a freak show for his giant moustache and he's been beaten mm. tonight. By a newcomer. Okay. Am I going to be beaten or have I not been beaten yet? I'm fine with either. I assume you've seen this mustache, whether it's a th- whether it's the threat of the stash, or or just like a like, you know like a like a man walking towards the gallows, maybe. You know what's coming. I'm gonna have to get up on that go. stage and stick my top lip out, and everyone's gonna be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, small girl with an even smaller animal, I... Brandy. Name's Brandy. Brandy. Nice to... And he offers a hand to the Skaroopy. Brandy, lovely to meet you. Cornelius, lovely to meet you both. Now, Brandy, I don't know if you're well acquainted with the world of the moustache Grand Prix. I'm not, but I feel like I am. Can you take one step back? Some of the hairs on your moustache are actually rubbing against my face. It's just... I'm so sorry. In my family, that's a sign of, well, not affection, because I don't like you yet, but I'm... (laughs) Just of general knowledge. Yes, no, the Moustache Grand Prix is done wherever the Cirque du Soleil lay their hat. A sort of talent show performance for the locals of Big Town and their surrounding areas. Uh, generally, it's a fixed competition for me to win, because if you haven't noticed, I have quite an impressive array of facial hair. But I have this year noticed that I may be pipped to the post. Pipped to the post! The one thing, the one thing I have been stigmatised for my entire life is about to be defeated at the one place I felt safe, by a man with a moustache the size of a wingull. Wow, that's that's massive. But I mean, I mean, you can't just grow that facial hair, right? That's, that's poker powers, isn't it? You can, it's all right. Poker, poker powers? Yeah, it's, it's, sorry if you're uncomfortable. I, I just, I've got friends and actually have other acquaintances that you know i know I've, I've got a similar thing i mean yours is obviously just a mustache i don't know one. what you're talking about we are freaks we are not poker powers there's a difference yeah well you're not fr- well <laughs> do yourself down there was it cornelius but, yes thank you we are strange but we are not we're not enemies of the state thank you very much i've never called myself a poker powered person <laughs> why what have you heard no no i mean i don't i've never even been to this place before what what where is this? We're at a fair. Yes, yes, near Big Town, the Big Town Country Fair. It's, it's, it's famous. Brandy, I think then hits like a lightning bolt. You, you also notice Cornelius has a large seventies collar, and Ali, give yourself, give me something else dated. Uh, um, flares. <laughs> <laughs> a penny farthing. Earth, wind, and fire type are playing in the on the record player. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then it's like that that quick zoom into Brandy's face. It's like, oh my god, I'm in the past. What? What? And at that moment, there's a knock on the door. Two minutes, two minutes, you're up on stage, Cornelius, and the door opens, and it's a stagehand. Oh, oh, you've got a guest, Cornelius. Okay. Yes, um, unusual, but she's, uh, she's my moustache twirler for today. Oh, you're performing. She's a performer. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, great. Well, both of you, you need to go to stage right now. You're on. You're on right now. Well, well 
Aren't we going to lose? I mean, do we do we have to go on Cornelius? Maybe we could. It's the grand finale. We can't not have the mustache competition. It's the. I mean, it's the best part of our show, which doesn't say a lot, does it? For the Cirque du Soleil. That ditto playing chestnuts and crosses can only hold out for so long. Oh, oh. I mean, in a world of Pokemon, how impressive are acrobats, really? True. Really. I mean, they're quite effective as long as they don't hold an item. Oh, God. <laughs> that is something. Oh, and there it is. That there is it is. tier Pokemon joke. My. Oh. Oh. Cassius Flash has quickly overheard that, written that one down for the speech. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway, this stagehand is like, look, you've got to get on stage, both of you. If you're on, you're on. You've got to go now. Tapping a clipboard. Cornelius. They've got the headset mic on. Cornelius, I'm, I'm at the fair. Yes, well noticed. You're saying this now as you're going through the corridors towards the centre stage. This is it, Cornelius. This is what I've, I've wanted. This is a mate. Let's get on that stage. Let's let's get out there. Let's explore. Let's let's live our the, lives. The the roar of the of the crowd, the assembled crowd at the Cirque du Soleil is building as you get closer to the doors. Cornelius looks a little nervous, very nervous, knowing what's to come. Brandy, how are you feeling in this moment? Oh, I mean, she's she's her stomach's doing backflips, and you know this is suddenly this is suddenly all so real. She didn't know what would happen when she touched the boy, but it suddenly all feels like it's happening right now you know from the picture that she saw from Cassius Flash she kind of is like almost colouring it in and as that image that image starts to explode that's what happens as you open the door to the open stage it's an open air stage an open air theatre quite a large auditorium of wooden rickety seats has been built up out from this big stage there's quite a few people it's a big town there's a lot of people there and there's a roar as the people the final act at the Cirque du Soleil this big circus uh, enters the stage and Brandy it's blinding Ali what what Pokemon is just finishing its act for the Cirque du Soleil and what is the act um it is a juggling execute but it's not juggling itself, Stu. I was going to say, has it gone well? Is the execute still alive? It was. Is it juggling another execute? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, the execute is juggling another execute, and it's it's an egg bath. There's just. <laughs> I was going to say this is like this is the equivalent of juggling swords for execute, really, isn't yeah. it? And they. <laughs> so uh, the stagehand is nervously trying to get uh, the execute, what is left of the execute, off stage quickly. Execute. Execute. Wipe it away. Yes. No one sees the mess. Wipe it away. Wipe it away. Wipe it away. Wipe, wipe it, away. it away. Crush my foot on the other one. Wipe it away. Wipe it away. No. And the ringmaster takes over. And our next act is the one that you've all been waiting for. The one, the name synonymous with the Cirque Dab Soleil. The one that we've all been excited for all night. That's right. The follicle busting. The face fronting. The, I want one from everyone. The hair raising. The, the, the top lip trembling. The sweaty man. <laughs> That's right, I said sweaty man. <laughs> it's the moustache growing competition. What? And the crowd is having, having been let down by the execute juggling. And it's a big deal. It is a big deal, Brandy. You might, you're surprised at how, uh, how big a deal this, this moustache growing competition is. And there are a couple of, of competitors. Most are not very very noteworthy. There's a couple of people who have grown a big beard. Uh, one has curled it upwards at their lip and f- feels quite pleased with themselves. 
But there's nothing really to write home about until Cornelius enters the stage. And Cornelius is a name. David, what is the chant that the audience start chanting as Cornelius enters the auditorium? Much to Cornelius's chagrin, and this may have been involved in the Lumios incident of 30 years ago, it's Corny, 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 Corny. I love you, Corny! Cornelius looks nervous. But they assemble on the stage, and the ringmaster says, Look at the assembled moustaches. Isn't that impressive? Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. <laughs> this guy does not know how to sell moustaches at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> most successful circus in Formia, might I remind you. Been doing this for six years. Six years we've been doing this. Listen to the stage going, Ah, oh, look at the faces of the people. <laughs> look at that face. Oh. And then that face. Oh. Oh, yes, absolutely. Brandy, absolutely. Brandy taps the ringmaster on the shoulder. Uh, y- uh, yes, yes. Do you want me to take over? Is that all right? Uh, I just feel like you're, you're not in it. I, I I would like that. Yes, actually, I, um, I'm, I'm very sad and I'd like to leave. <laughs> and then he puts... So you take over. I was just about to get to the part where, you know, it's a formality, but we ask if anyone from the audience wants to... Uh, Wants to compete, but uh, you take over and hands you the mic. And there's that feedback sound as you get the mic to this big auditorium. The crowd is silent. The lights are on you. Ali, what are the two Pokemon operating the floodlights that that bend in on Brandy? Uh, Two Magnemites. Two Magnemites. These spotlights hone in on you, Brandy. And the stage is silent. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what that ringmaster was talking about. He seemed to be underplaying this, but I'm telling you right here, right now, this is the greatest moment life has ever provided <gasps> anyone ever. This moustache competition is the place, it's the centre of the universe for everyone on this stage, including me, including you. Are you ready to see the best moustaches in all of Formia? If you are, go wild! And we're at that point now. Well, I want to know if there is, um... Brandy's heart starts racing. Is there anyone, um, anyone in the crowd who, as is tradition, wants to come up to, to challenge, take on, and enter the Moustache Grand Prix? And Brandy's eyes are scanning the crowd, eyes darting from face to face, from Meowth to Sudawoodoo. A Rillaboom suddenly starts going... A Kamala's there, slowly tapping, going, oh, man. Rillaboom and Kamala do not get on. They are really... (laughs) (laughs) And, Brandy, your eyes are scanning the crowd until that moment when you see him, that streak of white. As Cornelius said, the wingspan of a wingle across a man's face. Bold, otherwise. Strong eyebrows. And a thick, bridged nose. Really, really handsome. (laughs) <laughs> super handsome. Remember that, Stu. Yeah, it's, it's like a Roman nose. A face that you've only ever seen once in a picture, a faded picture handed to you by Cassius Flash. The face of your father. His face beaming, gleaming. And or, and or any ice-type gym leader. <laughs> and or, also Bryce, yes. <laughs> also Bryce. <laughs> Actually, no, you find Bryce first, and then you're like, wait, is that, is that him? And he's like, no, it's probably not me. It's probably not me. <laughs> And then you see your father, Leo, and he looks ready to come up on stage, hand raised. Or should I say moustache raised, his head just tilted so that this giant white moustache is just sticking up into the air. I'll do it!
Ali, what do you think of my new ride on mower? It's got a big engine and and massive rotary blades. How do you feel? It's making you shake, Stu, and you know what? You're it's yeah, it's powerful. It's very powerful. Should it be? Sh- should I be shaking on my mower? Is, should it be Is this dangerous? On your mower? David, you're the mower expert here. What should be happening? David! Uh, well, this wouldn't have happened if you decided to go up to the Riparia model, but I see you decided to uh, skimp on some cash. <laughs> Look, things, but money's tight, David, money's tight. La la la, come on, my bell sprout tour group. Now, oh no! Come and see oh the no! Mo- Move oh out no! the way! Whoa! I'm very slow! No! Let's try and stop him with a midsection! Bell sprout, go! Bell sprout. Let's see if this midsection can stop a Riparia lawnmower. Here we go. <laughs> Not a sentence. This email is from Tommy Portillo, formerly of Juniper and Sage fame, I believe. Here we go. No intro. Tommy's a pro. Just He's just gone straight in. I thought it would be cool to have an item to give Cubone the cathartic moments item. Something that reminds them of their mother in a way that releases the pent-up emotion of loss into a new evolution. I don't have a name I like. Chivalsteel, perhaps. I don't like that name, Tommy, but I'm glad you've thrown that in. In terms of design, the design, the Cubone takes off their skull and dons the cathartic moment, a stylized knight's helmet that fits Cubone's head alongside a steel mace. That's right, he's now a noble ground steel type. Thanks ever so much for the joy your improv antics provide me. Much love from the Redwoods, Tommy. I really like the symbolism there, Tommy. The, the best way to handle... Grief and emotions is to don a suit of armor and and kill people with a mace. Shivel steel. I want to get into shivel steel. I don't want to get anywhere near. <laughs> I just no no no. I want to break it down. I want to be like where, 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 where? chivalry and steel. I presume. Oh, I thought it was like shiver. Oh, he's shivering because like he's so knife. emotional. I thought it was like a knife. <laughs> Now, I think Ali's on the right idea, because we've got maces, we've got crude knives. I, was in, I, was I think in Prison Break Season 17 over there. <laughs> He's in the Pokemon, when the Pokemon invade the prison. Here we go. I mean, if what we're talking about are people and their children getting traumatised by going into suits of armour, then we're no longer talking about Rosemary and Time, we're talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion. Now we're in the comfort zone. Now we're in now the comfort zone. Yes. So basically, this is an alternative evolution for Cubone. So rather than Marowak, actually... This is Cubone taking off the skull and donning... Well, Tommy hasn't put an item in, but well, he, he said, sort of said, he said it could a mace, be a, didn't he? He said it could be a helmet, it could be a mace, or, you know, I think the idea is that it's got to be significant. It's sort of a cathartic moments item. So what do we think Cubone's item is? I quite liked the knight's helmet, personally. I think replacing one... I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think we can see Cubone's, like, bald head. That's not... I'm not okay with that. <laughs> Either that... Or it's a full <laughs> suit, and so we see everything. We see Cubone's head, but nothing else. We just see a floating Cubone but head. I'm more like a mech, like a little mecha, where all you see is Cubone's head in the middle, and then big. I don't know. It's a, a bit like um, is it is it Mega mech. Slowbro, where it's just like in a shelter and the the hands are out. Yes, Cubone. <laughs> I love that. I love like the Mega Slowbro. Well, if we go with the unofficial theory that Cubone is supposed to be baby Kangaskhan wearing skull of Kangaskhan, maybe it's a little baby Cubone, but in a mechanical device designed to look like a Kangaskhan. Now that's cool. That's that's cool. cool. The question is, what what is Chival? No, does this does this evolution have a name? Well, did, did Tommy name Tommy, it? It feels like Tommy, we can change it if we want. Tommy said 
they didn't have any ideas, and then threw out Shivel Steel, which I felt like Tommy didn't. Back. Tommy didn't throw out Shivel Steel. Tommy knew about Shivel Steel, but Tommy was trying to kind of pad the water a little bit with Shivel Steel. Like, I don't know, maybe it could be Shivel Steel. <laughs> <laughs> so Shivel Steel is the evolution, not the item required. Just Correct. to check. Correct. Okay. Okay. Correct. The item required we now know is a Kangaskhan mech. So if we are taking it as a chivalrous thing, how has Cubone gotten over the death of their mother? And why is it to do with sh- why is it to do with chivalry and the correct courting in the the, the the sort of what what is chivalry? It's a code of honor, right? Did the Kangaskhan have a, a code that the Kangas code? The Kangas code. The Kangaskhan code. Let's let's assume it's got to be about family. Okay, the Kangaskhan. I imagine there's a Kangaskhan code of like only in death would you leave behind a child, which is why yeah. Cubone exists. You know, that's that's why Cubone always yeah. has the skull of their mother because the the Kangaskhan isn't going anywhere until death. And Tommy, I I don't know if that's what you were expecting. If you were expecting anything else, you're a fool. You're a fool. <laughs> if you are a fool like Tommy. Please throw your character at us to destroy, rip apart, turn into a mech and throw into our world somewhere. You can do that by emailing criticalditto at gmail.com. Or if you don't want to wait, as Tommy has waited for months, I think, for this midsection we've, to come I mean, up, we've got to assume, right? We've got to assume. You can become a patron on our Patreon, which is www.patreon.com forward slash Critical ditto, and yes, I did the www. I know I'm an old man. I'm sorry, I did it, and I saw everyone's face be like, "This guy, this guy saying the w's." Um, but yes, if you become a patron at the champions tier, you will get priority midsections that will come in during our midsections. So, um, I have a lot of bell sprout to clear up. Apparently. Why did you guys think it was a good idea to use the lawnmowers? Mech Officer Jenny, get him. Of course. Who's that Pokemon? It's Cotney. I'll do it. Me. Oh, I heard... The lights find Leo. Barber pole pinstripe, blue and red. Suspenders. He starts approaching the stage, looking confident. Yeah, I'm me. (laughs) Alright everyone, my name's Leo. I'm 20 years old. And apparently I'm getting married tonight. (laughs) Oh wow, it's amazing everyone. Round of applause for Leo. Don't, no, no, it's alright, it's alright. I'm here, I'm here. I'm here to do the moustache thing. I'm not here to think about... Weddings and marriage and oh, responsibility. Absolutely. None of that. Definitely here for the for the moustache. Um, I, I yeah. Guess, I guess we yeah. should, we want to know sort of um uh and you know Brandy's mind is all a blur and she says um so um what what was your childhood like what kind of what kind of things did you get up to as a kid <laughs> the guy the guy with the slightly twirled moustache goes nobody asked me a question about and my Brandy childhood turns that man and I cannot tell you the fiery. <laughs> Glad she gives him, but my god, she scares the moustache off his face and says, You need to shut the muck up right now, or I'll disqualify you. The the spotlight returns to Leo and Brandy asking the questions. What did you ask, Brandy? What's, um, I, I, what, uh, you know, a childhood memory. What were you like? What, you know, what was uh, your life like growing up? 
I don't know. It was it was all right, I guess. I any any big hobbies? Did you, did you get? Any, any? Uh, I love I love Pokemon. Way right, <laughs> Pokemon battling. Big fan of uh, of the league. Love Daisy Crow. Daisy Crow fans in the house. Hey, that's great. Um, um I, I actually, you know, funny, funny. I actually really love Pokemon. Um, Pokemon as well. Um, I just what, what right. uh, What's your favourite colour as well? Because uh, mine's mine's actually well, it used to be. Um, pink, and I think it still is pink. If I'm being honest with myself, but actually, I'm starting to love blue, like kind of a light blue, baby blue, sort of like a kind of shallow water in the sea kind of thing. I don't know. Leo leans into you and is like, "Listen, shouldn't we just get on with this? I think the crowd is starting to turn." Yeah, this is boring. Get back the juggling, execute. Brandy, keep him talking so I can grow my moustache. I beg. Brandy instructs Scroopy to attack the man who was heckling. <laughs> oh God! That's, that's right. I'm the compere of this show, everyone. So we're going to listen to me, if that's all right. And I don't mind or care if anyone doesn't like that. You can leave, okay? Because I'm running this one, all right? But yes, you're right. Let's get to the uh, let's get to the moustache growing competition. There'll probably be lots of time. Lots of time to uh, catch up with the uh, the contestants, all of the contestants, not just one in particular. The stagehand approaches you, He's like, well, there are 13 rounds, each one taking 45 minutes, apparently. So should we start with uh, start with round one, which is the the wind test, where they're, they're tested for wind. <laughs> Happy with that? Um, <laughs> and each round's going to be 45 minutes. Brandy looks at, Traditionally. A clock, looks at a clock and kind of realises that that's way too much time it's going to take all day and then that's it well we're actually going to do it a bit different this year uh stagehand oh steve. are we St- steve yep that's me we're stagehand steve, steve. um well, stagehand steve that's actually a new we're actually doing it a different way uh that i've already cleared with everyone and it's gonna be by a clapometer okay now get off the stage if you know what's good for you stagehand steve <laughs> bye bye that's right, we're, gonna, we're actually just decided that we're going to narrow it down to the best two. And I think we can all tell that the best two are, of course, Leo, uh, the audience member who bravely came up to... Oh, yeah, hey, yeah. ...status quo and to take on um, Cornelius, uh, who's obviously got the second best moustache. I mean, sorry, another moustache here. Another moustache here. You've got um, one chance to impress the crowd with a special talent. Anything that you guys... With your moustache can do, you can do it now, and then we'll do the clapometer to see who who wins. Um, Cornelius, yeah, you're you're up first. Uh, try and keep it short. Very well. I never thought I'd have to do my piesta resistance with so little training. I'm very unlimber, but I suppose now is the time to show what I can truly do. And Cornelius stands at the front of the stage. Admittedly, Cornelius's moustache is smaller at this point. It is dense, but it is small, and he stands at the front of the stage arms spread wide, and says, By the power of Mount Coronet, this audience has seen nothing yet. And with a click of his fingers, his moustache just grows. It just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And Brandy, you are so aware that Cornelius has just used poker powers there. Like, it's so clear to your trained eye. You've seen Kenny do it many times. Exactly. You've seen the entrails <laughs> of Kenny. He sleeps and snores. He just his moustache just goes out, <laughs> out and in. Out his wispy in. little moustache. Yes. The moustache yes. Kenny has been growing since day one of this whole podcast. <laughs> and yes, you see Cornelius activating these powers, and there's a gasp from the audience. And, oh my goodness, because it is quite impressive. 
uh, to see this extreme growth so quickly. And Brandy, something catches your eye in the audience. A shock of something else. It's almost like your eye had been trained looking for white hair anyway when you were looking for your dad. And suddenly you see another face that you're semi-familiar with. White hair, sarong, flip-flops, waistcoat. It's that female face. It's not a woman that you're immediately familiar with, Brandy, in that you've met her a good number of times, but you are familiar with her from Kenny telling you about her, from Cassius telling you about her, and you know that that is Frey, Team Mystic leader Frey. I think I see Look- as well that there just seems to be this unnatural aura, like there's like a good foot radius around her. Like It's quite a packed out crowd, but she seems to have space. And Frey is watching intently at Cornelius. And Cornelius seems really happy that this has gone really well at first. He's like, oh yes, this is this is excellent. This is great. My moustache is growing. But then he starts to lose control. And some of the moustache hair starts growing out and wraps around his foot. And he's like, oh, I can't, can't move my foot. And then another bit is wrapping around it and he's, he's freaking out suddenly. And the sweat is no longer fear or nerves. It's anxiety about what is going to happen to him. And he stumbles off the stage out into the open air and disappears out of the tent. And Frey stays in her seat but looks disappointed. It's like that. Oh, that's a shame. But the crowd is mystified. They were like, oh, we were quite impressed by that until Cornelius disappeared. Brandy, eyes return to you. Um, yeah, uh, I guess Cornelius has decided to forfeit this one. So there's no need, um, Mr. Leo, for you to do anything special at all. I think we have our winner of the moustache growing competition. Everyone go crazy for Leo of Surfloat. You're from Surfloat Town, aren't you? Are you? Uh, yeah, it's weird. I didn't tell you that, but uh, I'm sorry, yeah. Just, you got that look. You got that Surfloat look, which is weird. Oh, I... I'd say most of the population of the podcast are from Surfloat Town. So sorry, it's, it's not a big jump. It's not a big leap. <laughs> do you mind though, if just for the audience, I, I feel like I could try and do something similar. Hang on. Wait, no, and there's no. Leo there's just leap. tries really hard, and it's not as it's not as impressive as Cornelius, but he does already his massive mustache. There's this pale blue glow that starts to go around Leo and he just grows it a little bit further out. Oh, yeah! There, there, you see? Yeah! Brandy looks at Frey. Whose eyes perk up and she's seen as much as she needs to see and leaves the circus. Yeah! So I win, right? Yeah! Yeah, You win, you win! Come with me, come with me and I'll give you the prize. I'll give you the prize. The audience are clapping, they're cheering. What a grand finale. Brandy grabs Leo's hand and, and drags him out of the tent. Brandy, where do you drag Leo? Somewhere to hide. She goes to the the food truck court. Was that what we mentioned earlier? Mm-hmm. And goes in between two of the quarter trucks, like in the sort of shadowy bit, just to like there's there's dustbins there. It's behind. Yeah, it's like the it's stuff. like yeah. if, it's like a fairground had alleyways. It's yeah. It's, the lights, the, the the bright neon and the flashy lights don't penetrate this little alley bit. Uh, the sound is slightly deadened from the cheers and screams of the roller coasters and the rides and whatnot. So in this this slight reprieve, this alleyway, you've dragged Leo there. What are you doing? What? What's, what's going on? I thought I was getting a prize. Why have you brought me here? This smells. This is gross. This is where people throw away their food. Who? who you? You're not. You're not a compare. You're not a ringleader. Who are you? I am too a compare. You don't know what a compare is like. Why am I not a compare? No, that's true. You have. You've got me there. <laughs> I, yeah, I that's don't. what I thought. That's what I thought. Um. No. Well, I'm just. This is kind of a tradition in the moustache um, <sighs> growing competition where um, the winner gets to. Um, 
stay in the shadows and then we do a big reveal the next day. So you just got to lay sort of low for a bit. Oh, so I'll be okay. Sort of... What? So I just, I just have to stay here. That's great. I'll be honest with you. Because what was your name? Uh, Brandy. Yeah, nice name. I like that. I'll be honest. I'm quite happy to lay low because I, as I said, I'm supposed to be uh, supposed to be getting married tonight. And um, be honest, be honest, Brandy, my feet are cold, sheer cold, ice cold. They are. Uh, I mean, they're they're pretty cold most of the time anyway, which is weird. But yeah, tonight they're freezing, and I would just rather not do that because I'm 20 years old and I don't want to be. I just, I don't want to be shackled down. I, you know, I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know if I want to do it. So you're gonna just lay low here and stand up, stand up the person you're meant to be mar- marrying. Uh, maybe, yeah, that's the plan. But if listen, you don't understand. She's pregnant. I um, don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I, it was, you know, I didn't mean to. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm freaking out. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you if you're not ready. All right. You're gonna be a dad. Nothing. Nothing's gonna gonna change well, that. I don't know. I I don't know if. I... <laughs> I don't know if I want to be a dad, you know, I'm, I've got things I want to, I, I want to do. I want to, you know, I want to challenge the gyms. I want to, that sounds stupid, but I, you know, I'd love to be Pokemon champion one day. That, <laughs> that'd be awesome. I don't know if I can do that with a, with a kid, you know? That's not. I mean, whiskey's, whiskey's great. She's great, but she's, you know, she wants to like open a shop and live a small, quiet life. And I don't know. Sounds scary. Well, yeah, I mean. It is. It is a. It is a scary thing. I. I guess to be, to be a parent. But you know, you've never been a parent, right? You've never had the opportunity to be a parent. You've never been given the chance to be the father to someone to teach teach a kid how to ride a ride a Mack bike or an acro bike, depending on what they whatever their choice is. Uh, you've never you never had the opportunity to, you know, take them to the beach. I know it's a scary thing, but but it's it's also something that. That's exciting, right? It's something that. But I'm just so scared of failure, Brandy. I, I'm, I, I get it. I totally get it. And hey, if you want to challenge the gyms, you could fail at that too, right? I mean, not lightly. I've got, I've got a pretty strong team. All right, give me your team. N- name your team right now. Bidoof. Okay. Second Bidoof. Oh, you got. You're going in with a team of Bidoofs. Well, I've also got the Stumfisk as the closer. You know, inspired but... by Boromir Draw. There's a small kid at the alleyway, a very boring looking kid who hears that team. <laughs> who he- overhears, he's like, what a great team. <laughs> I will conquer the world one day with that particular setup. But if you were to challenge the first gym right now, or whatever gym you're at right now and, and were to lose, how would you feel? Would you think you failed? Well, no, I'd try again. I'd, tr- I'd train up and I'd, I'd work harder and I'd do it again. Well, isn't that... Exactly the same thing as being a parent. Sure, you're going to get things wrong. Sure, you might fail at some things being a dad. Sure, you might fail to pick the right bike. Sure, there are moments where you're thinking, right. I've done everything wrong, but there's always a chance to make it right. The thing is, you're always waking up the next day. You've always got the next opportunity to put it right, to try again, to have another another battle, another parenting battle. I, I don't know much about comparing, I'll admit. Are you any good at role play? I mean, Gary and I used to do a little bit, but nev- never anything particular. Oh. That's the right... Good enough for me. I don't know if that's the right, don't, don't that's the right Good enough for me. All right, so... It's weird. a joke, possibly. <laughs> it's know. weird. I know. You're, you know, you're probably a bit older than me. Um, well, how, how, a bit old, how old do you think I am? What are you, 36? 36! No? 30, no! No, I am what? 20... Oh, 
one. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Well, you're similar to me then. But all right, but just pretend. Put it in your brain. What if you pretend to oh, be? Right. You have a giant moustache, and you think you look young, and and you're bald, and you think you look younger than me. All right. Well, let's not attack male pattern baldness. No, all know, right. I that is that's no, a I condition. Will really, I will freely that... admit that you're an attractive man. You've been described as such, and so I I can see that. But... Do you like my Roman nose? Because I'm very proud I of do it. Like your Roman nose. Thank your you Roman very much. Very... Thank you very much. It's very good. Thank you remind me a lot of my fiance. It's weird. Oh yeah, well she must be quite a cool person, you know. I don't, I, I don't know anything about her. What can you're you? You're not like her you, sister or anything. Can That's... you tell me about her in some in some capacity? Well, she's you know she's funny, like you. She's pretty, like you. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me saying. She's it's fine. She's smart. She's probably good at comparing. I don't know. Listen, I like her. I love her. I do. I love her. With with my everything, I'm just I just don't I don't want to let her down, and I'm worried that me maybe she's better off without me. You know. I'm gonna tell you right now, Leo, that if you just stand her up here, if you sit in this alleyway and don't get married to her, that will let her down more than anything else that you could possibly do. Oh, being a parent, that will be that will be your memory. All right, all right. That'll you be, be the kid. You be the kid. Pretend you've come home. You've come home from school. You've had a bad day at school. Okay. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh no! Oh, I've had a, I've had a bad day. Oh. Brandy, what what memory starts to leak into your actual head at this point? I think this is this is uh, a day when Brandy was uh, ten, and when Gary and Brandy were kind of friends at this point, um, just friends. But there was sort of, you know, when that you're kind of at that age where your feelings are starting to develop, but you don't really understand them at all. And I think that's what's happened here, where. Brandy's come home and she remembers she, she remembers a time when Gary had made fun of her in front of some of the other girls at school and actually um, he had cut off a bit of her hair on the side. Mm. She, he'd taken out like a clump and like with some Oh, had he, had he like put pink bubble gum in your yeah. hair? Yeah, I think so and then knotted up and then they had to cut it out and she was just distraught. That's the memory that comes back. Okay. You've had a bad day? What's happened? Some of the boys at school put bubble gum in my hair and they and I had to cut cut a bit off and now I think I look ugly I, I thought they were my mates and then they, they do that and now I don't really know what to do and Leo stops for a good 20 seconds or so and he looks like he's thinking until he takes you by the shoulders Brandy and he says listen if they would laugh at you for something like that they're not your mates your mates are people who stick by you. They're the people who make decisions that don't just benefit themselves, but benefit everyone. They're the people who care and the people who want to see you succeed. So if those were the kind of people who were laughing at you, they ain't your mates. And I really hope you do find some proper good mates in the future, Brandy. Because you're worth it. And I'm proud of you. How was that? Was that good? Was that all right? I, I don't know. I was, I was sort of riffing. Moustache got in the way a little bit at the end. I thought, oh, try to get it on my mouth. <laughs> no, that was that was that was amazing. Actually, uh, I just, yeah, I. And Leah looks at you, Brandy, and says, "You know, you're right. <laughs> you're right. What am I doing, hiding behind the bins when my fiance and my baby is out there, ready to get married? <laughs> Thank you." You might be a great compare. <laughs> You're also a great fake daughter. And he gives you a little sort of like punch on the arm. 
Thanks. See you around. See you around, Brandy. And he, he dashes off towards the food court. Don't... Uh... <laughs> Bet you wish you had Wimble to talk to now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Rough day. And the <laughs> of flip flops and a sarong, white shirt, waistcoat, the white hair flowing, moves, glides. It's hard to glide in flip flops, but somehow Frey manages it. <laughs> Yet still the sound remains. <laughs> Yet still the sound remains. Where did she come from? We don't know. Maybe she was in the bin the whole time. Candy floss in her hair. <laughs> it's candy. Oh, it's not white anymore. Damn. Rough day. You look, uh, you look troubled. You all right? Brandy's just absolutely terrified. I think it's, it's this. She's... Oh, don't don't be scared. <laughs> Listen, I am only approaching you because I saw you talking to that uh, that man with the moustache there. Very impressive moustache. I saw him at the Cirque du Soleil, and uh, I just wanted to uh, to to talk to him. I was wondering where where he'd gone, where he was going. Do you know him? Your friend? Get away from here. I'm sorry. Get away from here. Get away from me. And you, you, you stay away from everyone, all right? You, if you don't leave now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna attack you. I'm gonna stop you, because I know what you're doing. I know who you are. Don't play any games with me, because you can't, you can't play any games now. And Frey, who looks exactly the same age as she looks in the current times, just stops you and leans in really close to you, Brandy, right into your ear so your cheeks are touching. And she says, you have no idea and you cannot stop me. And then she heads down towards the edge of the alleyway where Leah had gone. The scar on Brandy's stomach has never burned so much that she actually is almost cramping over, feeling the kind of strain on it. Yeah, she she does not know what to do. Cut to the Ferris wheel, where Cassius Flash is... They're in a three-person Ferris wheel compartment, and Cassius Flash is both best man and officiant at the wedding. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> Whiskey, listen, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I, I disappeared. I This is going to sound stupid, but I got scared. But literally being away from you for just that little period of time, it made me miss you so much. And I think I know what I want to call our baby, at least. <laughs> but anyway, for now, let's get married. Let's get married, Whiskey. Right here, right now, on this Ferris wheel. I know we said we'd do it later, but I want to do it right now. Cassius, your speech is ready. Uh, <laughs> we want that joke. We want that fiery straight up. That you've, you've, had, you've had a while to prepare it now, mate. I was disappeared for a while, so I'm, I'm sort of figuring, like, you know, you'd have it ready. Whiskey? Yeah. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Cassius is... I'm not sure Cassius is ready, though. Oh, God. <laughs> he better be, because this Ferris wheel ride's going to end pretty soon, and I want to do it right now, right now at the top. Cassius, my brother-in-law. Yeah, love you, buddy. I love you. With the acrobatics and the, the item, and it's, it's even better. <laughs> I feel like that would be better coming from, uh, from Cornelius, weirdly. He's not here, though, is he? And the best man turns <laughs> up. The best people... The best 
Look, the Ferris wheel compartment starts rocking as a very drunk Cassius starts swaying in the middle of the compartment. Whiskey turns to Leo and says, "He's right, you know, Leo. The, the best what? people do turn up. So, so thank you for, for being here. I was a bit worried, a bit worried, but I should have known you'd you'd always turn up last minute. Yeah, is your moustache bigger? A little bit, yeah. God, I love it. I really, <laughs> really turns me on. I tell you, that is." Well, I tell you, if this Ferris wheel ride goes on any longer, babe, and Cassius passes out, who knows what we can do up here? Oh, my word. <laughs> oh, he's, he's asleep. That's not like Cassius. That's weird. Cassius, get up. And Whiskey, like, punches him, like, brutally in the face. <laughs> <laughs> You're the efficient Cassius. Gary, Gary the Scroopy has somehow managed to get his way into the commandment and stings Cassius on the butt. <laughs> oh, dunk, dunk, dunk. Well, I tell you what, I hope that never <laughs> happens again in my life. It's got a horrible way to be woken. And the, listen, Cassius, I know we said you've got to do a speech and everything, but let's just keep it simple. It's just, we're, we're family here. Let's keep it simple. Okay. I love you. I love whiskey. You love your sister. Okay. Easy, man. As my best man's speech, and also the man officiating this, this marriage. Welcome to our yeah. family, Leo. Do you... I do. Whiskey? I do. I do. I really do. I love you, Whiskey. Here is to the start of a great life. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be great parents. Cassius, you're going to be a great uncle. You two are going to be great brothers-in-law. As long as you stop playing chestnuts and crosses, Cass, that is. And the fireworks go off behind the Ferris wheel as the wedding is... I was going to say consummated, and I was like, no, it's just... it's. Uh... Do we take, like, a little Ferris wheel cam that takes the picture? Yes, it takes the picture. That's where the picture is taken. And on we the... see in the background Cornelius just crying. <laughs> yes. Brandy, you see, it's so weird, you see your family coming off the Ferris wheel, you see Leo holding Whiskey, carrying her over the threshold of the Ferris wheel door, uh, Cassius staggering out, trying not to throw up, and they're all they're all cheering and celebrating, and you see them heading towards the teacups. What do you do? Brandy runs over and, and grabs Leo by the shoulders. Whoa! She oh! Is I, listen. extremely emotional, you see it kind of in in her eyes there's like an immediate realisation that this is like quite an intense moment and Brandy says to to Leo what if what if she's not worth it what if, I, what if I'm not worth it what, what, are, you, what are you talking about what if about? I'm not worth it what if what if I what if I meet these friends that you told me I'd meet these people who care about me what if I meet them but actually I don't care about them enough what if I care about myself and well, I want more than them. What if I'm not actually worth any of the protection and the love or anything that they give me? What then? Tell me, Dad, what then? What if I do something stupid? What if I do something that that means they'll, they won't trust me again, that they won't love me anymore? What if I do that, all right? What if I do that and then I'm not worth it? And then I'm, I, I, should, be, I should be stuck with, with Gary. I should be stuck with my life as a cheerleader. I should be stuck in Surfloat Town. What if I should be nothing? What if I should be where I started all the time? What if I, what if I that's that's my life. That's where I'm meant to be. Not not with people who care about me. <laughs> I appreciate what you did tonight. I do. But this is intense. You 
you're a cool person, all right? You've clearly got some issues. I'm not. You you are. You're a cool person. I think you're radical. <laughs> Far out, I think you are. <laughs> I don't know who your dad is, but I think whoever they are has raised an independent person who thinks for themselves, who's able to make decisions and follow through on those, whatever they may be, and who's willing to live with the consequences. Even if one of those decisions is to come and harass a man who's just got married and is wanting to go on the teacups, if I'm being completely honest. Brandy sees now Cassie's flash and whiskey, both there, I mean, whiskey looking very pregnant and very, I imagine, annoyed. Leo, who is this? Who is this young, attractive floozy who looks weirdly similar to me? Well, floozy? Floozy, hold on, hold on, um, love. What? No, it's, it's not. It's not what it looks like. Listen, just give me two seconds. Two seconds, and Leo takes takes you aside, Brandy. He says, "Look, you're worth it. Trust in my gut here. Sometimes you just got to act on instinct, and my instinct says that you are worth it, whatever it may be." What if I told you, Leo, that if you could meet, if I told you you could meet your daughter, but it might ruin everything right now? What, what would you say? Would you not meet her? Leo picks up the photo that's just been taken, and he says. I don't know, Brandy. Maybe life is just a series of photos, easy to destroy, easily forgotten. But if each photo that you take, you can find a smile in somewhere, then it was worth taking that photo, even if there is a, a crying man in the background. Yeah, he really ruins that photo, I'm not going to lie. That's but that's crazy. the point, that's the point. Every photo you take is not going to be perfect, but you can find the smiles, you can find the joy. I wouldn't want to take this photo again to cut out Cornelius. That's my lesson. Now I've got to go on some teacups or my wife is going to kill me. And he kisses you on the cheek and gives you a cheeky wink and dashes off. Could I suggest that in the time it's taken for Brandy to have this conversation, Cassius has got onto one of the teacups and Frey has just got on to join him. Hello there. You're, you're a very drunk man. <laughs> you're, in, you're incredibly intoxicated. My name is Whiskash. Okay. I have gonna buy a cash In the in the teacup behind you, there is a fifteen year old boy called Drunfisk there. Just going, that man is disgraceful. <laughs> like, honestly. You'll never see the like. Mother, mother, I hope I'll never be a man like that. Oh, you won't, Drunny. You are way <laughs> too together and on top of your addiction. It's in the family name to be fiscal with the amount of alcohol that we drink. That is what Drunfisk <laughs> means. Oh, the Drunfisk Lord <laughs> dropped. Oh, thanks, God. thanks, Sally. Uh, yeah, Brandy, that is indeed what you see. You see Frey settling into a teacup next to Cassius, and Cassius beckoning over his brother-in-law. His come on, quick! This this woman wants to drive the teacups. And it's almost like time. <laughs> it's almost like time starts to slow down, Brandy. And Cassius' speech gets even more slurred, and his movements become slow. The lights start to flash slightly slower. The roller coaster moves over the top of the hill even slower as they. People start to cheer. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But this is it. This is the moment this now. This is it, isn't it? This is the moment. We've reached it. Stu, can you tell me what Gary the Scroopy is doing right now? Gary was eating a rock at your feet and suddenly you can see almost like Gary is starting to look a little bit see-through 
as if to, to, to not borrow, borrow too much from Back to the Future, but it's like that photograph where Marty is fading and the rock, it's groupie can't hold the rock anymore because it's starting to slip through these ethereal claws. And Scroopy cannot eat that rock. I think that affects Brandy quite a lot. She sees the kind of desperation in Scroopy that she's not really ever seen. She's seeing a Pokemon that's been with her for a while now, seemingly fading from existence and not being able to complete the simple thing that Scroopy loves, which is eating rocks. Um, I suppose that's Scroopy's big love in life. And that's... <laughs> David Sage nodding is so good in that moment. Yeah, eating mm, rocks. Yeah, tell me more. Okay, and I think she then, obviously in her head, the, the wisdom of Leo comes into her mind again, and she thinks about she thinks about her whole life, all 20 years. You know, this is basically the very start of her life, right here. She's going to be born in about, you know, what, a week? A month? Some, somewhere in that. And it pains her. She thinks about Gary Smoke. She thinks about how awfully he treated her at school. You know, she also remembers the good times with Gary, going on that Pokemon journey, being a cheerleader, really believing that Gary was the best Pokemon trainer and, and having a great time with all the cheerleaders and having loads of fun, getting into crazy scrapes. She remembers it, she remembers it all going badly and having to move home. She remembers that moment she met Kenny and Theo together at Surfloat Beach, laughing to herself, thinking about how weird they both were and how mad they both were just thinking they were completely outside of what she'd experienced before and her life it was seemed to be so set she thinks about the sephiroth tree she thinks about heron and bash adri slash vesper hannah candy general phillips and the others all the special defenders she thinks about snorleone swallowing 12 pokeballs and thinking that was the craziest thing she's ever seen. She remembers firing a turret at the top of the Nidorian Express and winning a gym badge there, freeing Meltan from a, a, a furnace, an enslaved furnace. She remembers Kenny walking in on her while she was on the toilet on a flying ship in the middle of the sky as they're being chased down by church members of the Church of Slaslow, which was just a church in her town, a thing she didn't care about, a thing that she never thought would be part of her life. And she remembers Wimpy, where Wimpy was at the very beginning when she first met him, and how how much rage, but how much determination was in that Baneri's eyes to win, to be strong, to to become the Pokemon champion. And she, it just it all it all floods into her brain, and she thinks, is that fair on every single moment, other moment in her life? to give it all up to give it all up for something she doesn't know so Brandy runs ahead of Leo towards the teacups and I imagine I imagine Gary fading even more now yeah almost like can't, can't even up. can't even touch the rock it's kind yeah. of now a ghost Brandy runs onto the teacups and looks Frey dead in the eyes and says I know who you are, and your rough day is coming. Brandy, Theo, Kenny. Don't forget those names. In fact, I'll make sure you remember. And then Brandy kisses Frey right on the right on the mouth, right on the smacker, and stares right into her eyes. Your rough 
day is coming. And Brandy gets off the teacup and lets Leo get on instead. And then stands there and, and then is gonna is gonna watch. Brandy is going to walk to the side and says to Whiskey, Is it alright if I um if I hold your hand? I uh, I know it's a bit weird. I've just I'm really scared of teacups, that's all and I. But I yeah. I wanna see him see him turn, you know? You know, it's been a weird night. Of course you can. And Whiskey takes your hand and squeezes it tight and the teacups start to turn and the music plays a jaunty, joyful tune you can hear the cheers and the thrill of the many inhabitants of the other teacups and the other rides at the Formian State Fair the coos and ahs and oars of those at the Cirque de Absolais the delighted children squealing at their cottony candy the disgruntled sighs of reporter Olmersman as she covers the Ursa Ring throwing competition. But above it all, there's something that you see and you hear that most of the fair wouldn't even realise was going on. Within the whirling dervish of Cassius, Leo and Frey's cup, Frey has plunged a black arm deep within Leo's chest and turned as if a key in the lock. Cassius has tried to fight her off, but the centrifugal force has made it impossible to do so. And you see Leo, your father, overcome with icy wind and watery energy as his human form is morphed by uncontrollable power into that of Celia. And by the time the song stops and the ride finishes, the teacup slowly rotates. Cassius is shouting, but you can't hear what he's saying. Just locking eyes with Delio the Celia, a sight that you've made many times throughout your life the doughy-eyed, vacant stare of a beautiful family pet. Celio. Celio, Celio. You find yourself no longer holding Whiskey's hand. You're not holding anyone's hand. As Brandy fades from the space. putting the rest of us through the ringer with that one, eh? Jeez. But, on the plus side, at least Brandy didn't, you know, change the path of history and thereby make the entire podcast up until this point entirely redundant. I am afraid you'll have to wait a few weeks to find out what the exact repercussions of Brandy's actions and decisions in these last two episodes are, but rest assured, it is not the last we hear of it. Um... Also, I just want to say something real quick, and I really hope that I phrase this how I want to. Um, We discussed how we deal with this episode quite a lot, and I was a bit worried, to be honest with you, 
Um, not just because time travel is rife with plot holes and contradictions, but also because we were dealing with something really sad. The opportunity to bring back a loved one, you know, a second chance. Um, I obviously don't know if anyone listening to this has experienced that or how you'd react if given the option that Brandy was. But all I want to say is that I really hope we gave that concept the weight, respect and the care that it deserves and that we love you lots. This episode had a few technical problems with David's mic playing up, but I think we just about managed to defeat Evil Wisma once again. David had to re-record some of his lines for this episode, and he did so on a snazzy brand new microphone, funded by the generous support of our wonderful, amazing patrons. So, in a way, patrons, thank you for helping us defeat Evil Wisma. The roll call for Critical Ditto's Mightiest Heroes is as follows. Thank you to Megan Taylor, Audrey Resendith, Jam, just Jam, Atlas Moth, Betsy Lewin Lee, Pokerdash55, Scott M, Alex W, Ellie Lieberman, Carrie Morrison, Darius Jakowski, Big Fat Nook, Alistair Collinson, Ginny Voss, Ryan Teague, Millamoy, Josh Anderson, Heather Snell, Eric Eichinger, Crandon Creations, Wolf Spain. GGT, Force Majeure, Cesar Trevino, Crispy, Alchemage, Trigula, aka Aurora, Huxley Spicer, Jonah Jackson, Kaikopin Cosplay, DGZ, Haikili, Dr. Mega Man PhD, Jeremby, Turtle Lover, and Ollie B. Holy roly coly, that's a lot of people. Wow. I am excited for all of the previouslys that we are inevitably going to receive from you lovely lot. Come on, record it on your phone and email it to us to be in the show. If you are not a patron and want access to this bonus content and all the other perks of being a patron, please visit our patron page, patreon.com forward slash critical ditto. Alternatively, if you like and want to support the show but can't afford the Patreon, another way to help us out is to simply leave us a review and a rating on whatever app you're using to listen to this episode. Helps drive people to the show, does a huge amount of good things, algorithmy based, and it also just massively inflates our ego. So, yeah. As always, thank you go to Michael Sands, the creator of the tabletop role-playing game Monster of the Week. Uh, thank you to Glitch X City to Epidemic Sound and Braxton Burks and the Material Collective. In particular, I used a lot of Braxton Burks' album Time and Space for this episode, as that album is based all on Generation 4. And, you know, this was a Brandy episode, or the self-proclaimed queen of Generation 4 Pokemon. Thank you to Jinichi Masuda and Satoshi Tajiri for creating Pokemon. You guys, you really did me a solid on that one, so thanks. We are not affiliated with Game Freak, Nintendo, or the Pokemon Company. We are not-for-profit and fan-made. Thanks to you for listening, and thanks to David, Stu, and Tom for playing with me and being my friends. Thanks, guys. Follow us on Twitter, on at Critical Ditto. Stu can be found on at Stu Clark. David is at DJF Leavesley. Tom is at Brandy Buns, and I am at AlistairHill91. Follow us on Instagram at, at CriticalDittoPod. Um, join our Discord, the details of which you can find on our Twitter page. And last, but by no means least, go and be the very best, like no one ever was. In other words, just be yourself.
listeners, Stuart Clark also Sir dab. Dab Sol A. <laughs> <laughs> Or the Absol pun. No, that that was my that was my little Absol. Oh, that was what that was. You know. I thought yeah. you mispronounced shark. Yeah. <laughs> what a soul! <laughs> I was very confused. <laughs> Can you imagine me on the beach, Ali, screaming because because uh, a shark's up my leg? Soul attack! This is soul attack! Everyone, get out of the water! Soul in the water! Well, he, came, he named a town Big Town, didn't he? So I'm not surprised. <laughs> oh, that's so good. 